Hey everyone, my name is Austin Schur with We Write About Music, and today I'm here with Alex Bleeker. He has just released the third single off his upcoming album, Heaven on the Fault Line, set for release on March 5th. Alex, we're thrilled to have you on the other side of the screen today. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. On, yeah, definitely. On my side of the screen, yeah. How are you? What's <laughs> up? What's happening? Well, you know, I mean, how are you has become such a weird question. I know. I, I, honestly, though, I think now I'm, I'm used to the new set of circumstances. We <laughs> can answer within them. Yeah, and, you can uh, answer truthfully. I'm good, you know? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah. yeah. Just because we're in a new year doesn't mean things are less weird. No. It's just uh, maybe a little bit more hopeful, I hope. I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling hopeful. It's, it's easier for me to glance at the New York Times front page <laughs> and not yell at it. So that, yeah. that's an improvement. That's a market improvement. A lot less yelling, a little yeah. better sleeping, not yeah. afraid to wake up in the morning and see what's happening. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, well, you know, I got to say that all the singles that you've released so far for this album have been amazing. Um, I really haven't been able to turn off La 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 since it came out earlier this week. Can the fans expect any more teasers to be released from now until release day, or is that in it? a word? Uh, yes, um, we've got one more uh, uh, track to come before the entire album is available, and uh, we're planning a video for that, and I'm pretty excited about it. So yeah, there's another little thing to look forward to. Awesome. Uh, how long has this been? How long has this record been in the works for? A really long time. I mean, it's been. I approved the master of this record actually a year ago around oh, wow. this time. So it's been even it's been done for a little while. It was Jeez. it was going to come out this summer and then everything got weird and summer felt like a you know it just like it wasn't even like we even really talked about it like hey it's covid maybe we should push back the release but just things shuffled around with sure. um it's coming out on a label called Night Bloom which I helped found so I'm friendly with everybody. Awesome. And, just different things happened where we were like oh i guess it's not you know like like it, we were gonna get it all ready to come out in the summer and then we just stopped talking about it because <laughs> everything <laughs> went crazy for a minute sure and so now it's finally ready to come out and it, it feels amazing because i've been sort of uh it feels great to begin sharing it with people because it uh, has just been sort of living in my own head in my own space for a long time now. Yeah, I can't imagine having something sit there for a year and kind of just like, you know, checking your watch, waiting for things to come out. But yeah. really excited that it is finally going to see the light of day. Um, and is there a physical release that people can either pre-order or how's that working? There is, yeah. If you if you go to my Bandcamp page, which should be oh, nice. pretty easy to find, you can... Uh, you can pre-order the 12-inch LP. Uh, oh, sweet. That is in production as we speak, so yeah. Cool. I know that's kind of been uh, something that's been lagging as well, and all the vinyl plants are either backed up or overwhelmed. Or... Yeah, we're hoping to hit the mark. Uh, we'll see. Uh, like we're, we're subject to the same backups as everybody else, but yeah. we're hopeful that it'll, it'll come by release day. And if it doesn't, it'll be shortly thereafter. Okay, awesome. Well, yeah. I'll definitely be linking that in the article. So for all those that are watching, it's going to be down there somewhere. Um, so is the rest of the album going to have a similar vibe to the release singles? I think so far, we've gotten a pretty good cross section of the record. We sort of chose yeah. the singles, you know, not that the record varies 
tremendously from song right. to song, but there is a pretty there. It's not it's not one note. There are a couple different vibes that present themselves on mm-hmm. the record, and we did choose the singles to to be a good representation of the album as a whole. So I think so far, you're looking at you know there there are definitely a couple things that. There's at least one song I can definitely think of that's sort of a left field curveball. Okay. Um, well, you gotta have those. So. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know there, but but I'd say so far it's a pretty decent representation of what listeners can expect. Um, although I, you know, it was actually I will say not to toot my own horn, it was hard to choose uh, feature tracks because I'm fond mm-hmm. of actually the way so many of the songs on the record came out. Well, I would say go ahead and toot your horn all you want because it's okay. your music. And you, <laughs> well, that's the thing is like it's it's your music, and you shouldn't release anything that you'd be you know not proud of. So that's true. Yeah, every every song should be a single. Yeah. <laughs> they're um, all hits. It's it's they're two all eight, hits. Yeah. It's a ten out of ten. It's yeah, we all know it's going to be amazing. Yeah. So, <laughs> what I'd really like to know though is that. Of the three projects that you're involved in, and for those that may not know, it's it's real estate, Alex Bleeker and the Freaks, and then just your solo project, Alex Bleeker. How do you decide what goes where? Um, well, between it's a little bit easier to answer the Alex Bleeker and the Freaks versus Alex Bleeker question. Sure. Um, that is because that band really, by and large, when it started out, geez forever ago now like you know yeah 11 12 years ago it was really just a moniker to encapsulate what kind of was just a solo project like mm-hmm. i had a band playing on the records but it was really cobbled together it was some members of real estate it was friends that were around that were able to play um and so and the freaks was kind of a catch-all of like whoever i could assemble to play with me at that time right before my last record the last freaks record country agenda came out that band really solidified into a specific band like one group of people. And so when I was making this record, you know, for all sorts of different life circumstances, it's not that band on this record. It's very much a solo record. And it felt wrong to add the Freaks monitor because it wasn't with them and I didn't want to disrespect them in that way. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, it's like, it's like, I'm hoping it, it conjures like a Neil Young and Crazy Horse kind of thing. The The Freaks are, is a band now. Um, that's a specific group of people um and i love them and i hope we'll you know i i do think if i if and when i will say when we can play live shows around this record i i would love the freaks to be the band to play this music so we got it that's a whole yet another twist um with real estate sometimes i can just i mean oftentimes i'll float uh tracks to real estate and be like, hey, I've written this, let's see if anybody is feeling like it could work in a real estate context. Right. And we'll try things out. And sometimes it connects and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes with certain songs, I know that I'm not even like, I'm like, this is this is a solo thing or this is a freaks thing, just sure. purely based on vibe. But there, there are sometimes songs where I'm like, oh, I think this could like work with real estate mm-hmm. and I'll bring those songs to the band and every once in a blue moon the band agrees <laughs> and they turn into real estate songs yeah okay that makes sense so so saying that this is a solo project are you playing all the instruments is it is it all you not all of them i play most of them on this record all okay. the acoustic guitar that you hear 
a decent portion of the lead, though not all of it, all the bass. Um, the, the way this record was recorded is very much like a uh, home demoing process. I've always been fond of my demos and I made, I sort of demoed out this entire record really like I use GarageBand, you know, I'm no oh, yeah. <laughs> just like on GarageBand in my house. And I brought those uh, recordings into a proper studio in LA. Okay. Um, this place called Tropico Beauty, a great uh, place to record if you're looking for a place to record. Um, and we, we basically like, we loaded all those GarageBand tracks up into like a proper Pro Tools setup. And we were like, okay, cool, this is a good vibe. We'll just kind of like buff these up and make them a little better and we'll polish them up a little bit. Yeah. And so we're like, let's just, you know, add a new vocal. Oh, you know what? Let's add another acoustic guitar because that'll sound better. Oh, you know what? Maybe you really should do redo the bass. And I really think <laughs> I've described it like tracing. It's like we okay. sort right. of systematically <laughs> pulled out and replaced almost every track on the record with newly recorded versions, but the demo was like there yeah the whole time so it maintained this vibe of this homemade kind of thing but just with you know better sound than i could achieve in my bedroom um that makes sense garage band does have uh, limited capabilities it was really fun to do it that way though. it is fun yeah well i mean how how have you done it in the past when you in the past i sort of demoed out stuff on garage band and then started from zero in the studio okay you know like like okay this is the song let's re-record it you know makes sense yeah um so so you're kind of in this interesting position where you've played on big tours uh but you've also played like smaller clubs give preference is there is there a different vibe that comes with playing big stages compared to like divey bars i suppose i will say nine times out of ten i would rather play in a venue than a festival setting okay there there are a handful of exceptions but usually <laughs> festivals are stressful you don't get to sound check as a band uh increasingly at least you know this is probably not true for all musicians and all types of music but the band real estate has become less of the type of a band that festival goers are interested in seeing i haven't really played too many festivals with the freak so i'm speaking mostly in a real estate context i now. disagree but <laughs> 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 it depends on the festival is i it guess what i would say you know like right, but like right. we were sort of thrown on a Coachella used to be a very appropriate place for real estate to play and sure. is no longer. No. Um, so just things like that. And it, it's like, you know, your set time is truncated, you're stressed. It's kind of a clusterfuck is a technical term. Yeah. Um, oh, so. totally technical. And something's <laughs> bound to happen. That's not, that doesn't, you don't want to happen. I find it much easier to connect with fans in your own personal sure. show, whether it be a club or a large or small venue. Right. I like, I, I think it really is venue dependent. I love touring with real estate and the freaks in tandem because real estate obviously has been fortunate enough to graduate to like slightly larger rooms. Yeah. Um, and there is a kind of magic that can happen, especially like some of those rooms are really beautiful or really storied or like historic in a way. And you can feel the energy in there. Oh, and yeah, that's feeding around with the crowd. And, um, and that can be a really wonderful thing, but there really is no substitute like, for a great fucking dive bar gig, you know? I mean, similarly, there's just like an intangible energy that happens there that is amazing. I actually was talking with members of the Freaks recently. We have a very much healthy and alive text 
chain going. Awesome. You gotta and, have uh, it these days. And was like, next time we tour, let's like not even try to get on any kind of like indie rock circuit. Let's just like play bars. <laughs> you it's know, just, let's just like just go to small up. towns and like play, you know, like divey spots and just tour that way and just that sounds i mean any kind of touring sounds incredible to me right now but that's oh uh, yeah else. well what was the consensus everyone agree or everyone was like hell yeah yeah let's yeah. do it in a yeah. world that we can uh play our music to people we'll take yeah. any bar it's fun to fantasize you know about that world uh, agreed yeah. um on kind of that note though is there a specific show that you've played with any of them that kind of stands out the most for you um there are shows that are really memorable. Um, I'm, for whatever reason, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, with the Freaks, um, we went and we played in this tiny little town called Eastport, Maine. Okay. It's, it might be, the residents of this town said that it is the furthest point east in the United States. It's, if it's not, it's close. It's like way okay. out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, it's like Maine reaching out into the Pacific. Sure, it's basically and in the, the ocean. The town just had a wild energy for that reason. It's like out in the middle of nowhere, but kind of a wild artist town sort of energy. Okay. And really welcoming, but the people are like super isolated. It was almost like, we don't get new people here that much. We, That's we what had, I was just about to say. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, people play music sometimes out here. We <laughs> had a friend, years. we had a friend living there and he was like, this place is wild come check it out i'm gonna set up a show for you so we played and like it, there is kind of a cool artist community there and we played there's like a print shop downtown and we played it was kind of a very it was a very respectable 6 30 p.m potluck dinner print shop kind of show it was really nice and really cool yeah and then afterwards uh a couple of people who came to the show were like well you gotta come play in the bar and the bar's just like <laughs> three doors down you gonna do you guys want to play again you should keep playing and whenever that happens <laughs> we're like that's what what i love touring with the freaks because we're just sort of game for that kind of thing and like sure. down to see where the night takes us and we're like yeah we'll do that <laughs> and then so we like and then that turned into like a crazy raucous bar party where we're like playing as many covers as we can think of and people are dancing and it was totally unexpected and i mean that's that's really the stuff I love touring with real estate and playing shows. I love it very much, but there's sure. a kind of, when you're not playing in clubs and you're, you're, there's an openness and a sense of possibility that can happen out on the road. Uh -huh. uh, that is, that is just like really great. That's really cool. And, and not to put like a, an answer in your head, but so my first time ever seeing the freaks was at Outside Lands in 2015. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I can only imagine that was a memorable show because uh, Bill, Bill, <laughs> Bill Kreutzman of Grateful Dead got on stage and started playing with you guys. And from what I've read, you're a pretty, pretty big fan. So that must have been a pretty crazy experience, right? That was incredible. And that was the only proper like big stage festival the freaks have ever played. And, and I would oh, say nice. okay. that is certainly an exception to my festival gig. Uh, <laughs> well, comment that that out. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we were that that was just I actually sometimes can't even believe that that happened. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a huge I'm a huge deadhead as is well documented. Um, and that was I think it was 2015. So like that was like really the beginning of what was this massive Grateful Dead renaissance. It was their 50 year anniversary. Right. 
and the freaks were playing Grateful Dead music. We sort of like fell into that whole universe and we're, we're doing some shows where we were playing their songs. And that was kind of the culmination of that whole experience and year where we were That's able really to, cool. to play with, with Bill Kreutzman. It was amazing. Well, I'm glad that I was able to witness it firsthand because yeah, I was with a group of friends and I was like, you gotta check out this band. Like they're great. Yeah. And they're like, no, we're gonna go complete opposite. I was like, all right, see ya. And then yeah. I told them later and they were like, shit, yeah. I missed it. It was pretty cool. Cause we were like, it was like first band of the day. You know, I don't think too right. many people expected no. like Bill Kreutzmann to show up at like 1230, <laughs> you know, like low down Not, early you know, on the bus. Start game. earlier, you can be done earlier. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I think that's kind of the problem with festivals is, I mean, at least nowadays, there's so many festivals that people are like, well, you know, I'll show up around five to see the people that I actually want to see. And then I'll catch them at the next festival. It's like, no, you got to show up early. You paid yeah. for the ticket, get there at 11. And honestly, I mean, I don't know if you've ever attended Outside Lands as just like a, you know, a spectator. I, I've been twice yeah. because uh, the Freaks played that one year and Real Estate also played. And actually, I will say, had a great time with the Real Estate set at Outside Lands too. It, was, it is nice. a really fun festival, yeah. But see, that's that's a good crowd because it's, yeah. it, at least it used to be sort of like more of, you know, indie rock centric kind of laid back festival and just places to lay down and sit and just the overall vibe. I mean, you're in the middle of Golden Gate Park. It's such yeah. a beautiful setting. So totally. yeah, maybe it'll go back, you know, eventually, but... <laughs> we'll see the festival world yeah there remains yeah, to be seen. definitely so let's see so i want to talk about process just a little bit with you um on on your music how do you go about starting a song does it start with the baseline or lyrics or usually uh guitar chords okay. like strumming that i i was a guitar player before i'm not a great guitar player but i was a guitar player before i was a bassist and so all right uh, i find it's my composing instrument you know i actually have a little oh before i'm video i can show it to you actually bring it on <laughs> this is a tiny little very cheapo i got this for 40 dollars when i was in college <laughs> hell yeah Probably I still have it. Probably out of tune. That's kind of all right. It's not bad. Um, yeah, this is like my composer guitar. It's actually one of my favorite nice. guitars in the world. And I probably have written more songs on this guitar than any other guitar. Wow. It usually starts with me just kind of like sitting around, goofing around on the guitar. I find it very difficult to write a song intentionally. I, it's like... okay. I, when I want to write a song, it almost never comes. Although, you know, it's, it's hard to be like, yeah. I really, I really want to write a song today and just like sit with it. Yeah. That... It's not the right, I don't know, but maybe it like gets the gears turning or something for the next time you pick up the guitar. Sure. Like you have to have that, but it, it rarely is successful for me, like in the moment. And then, but if I've set the intention and I've fooled around a little bit, then um, the next time I pick up the guitar, I'm more likely to find something. I guess. Your body is primed. It's yeah. Ready to go. I mean, every, basically everyone that I've talked to so far has been in the same situation where it's like, they're not like, okay, Saturday afternoon, gonna write a masterpiece. Time to write a happens. Song. Yeah. You know, who does that? They're like, it came to me in a dream. I was, you know, tripping on mushrooms and I like right. came up with this song, which ha people have said multiple times. And it's just like, yeah, you're not just gonna sit there and I get it. I, I will say that the advent of voice, not, yeah, voice, not voice, yeah, voice memos, like on the iPhone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's just like it's much easier to um I'm like oh that's a cool riff and i don't it's not quite a song so i'm just mm -hmm. gonna throw it on i'm like i have my phone it's with me i can record this and then it like i'll go back and listen to things that i've completely mm -hmm. forgotten about and sometimes those develop into songs makes sense better. Um, so, so of the singles that you've released so far, if you had to pick one to kind of like initiate someone into your sound, which, which do you think would be the best representation of your sound? I think that, um, well, you should listen to all three of them, but I think uh, that, <laughs> I think that, I think that, uh, we led with D plus because, it's sort of the closest to the new sound that I am cultivating on the record. Mm -hmm. uh, it's there's a drum machine on there, which is kind of new for me. Um, just the production style is like something that sound that song really encapsulates what I'm excited about um, on this record production wise. All right, but La La La, the one that just came out last week, is I think far and away like the poppiest, most approachable direct single. Yeah type of song i agree um, so if that's where your head's at that's like that's going to be like the juiciest bit of bubble gum for you you know it's <laughs> a great way to put it yeah, yeah i i would agree i mean yeah. I, like i said i've listened to most of them but i would definitely recommend that one is more of just like a hey this is like a good encompassing sound of what you're going to expect and then kind of like the spin-offs is <clears throat> as well yep um, so what do you what do you do when you're not making music? I can't imagine that there's too much going on right now. But what are you into? Um, I recently, in the last five years, started surfing. Nice. Uh, and I am fortunate enough to live very close to the mm -hmm. ocean, so I surf uh, very frequently. Okay. Uh, I've been doing a lot of that. I've been lately at home. I feel like I do dishes a lot. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty fun it's pretty fun but i guess the flip side of doing dishes a lot is i'm, I'm doing a lot more cooking okay. uh, which, which is engaging i'm doing more reading than i ever was before uh oh. except for you know I, i'll say since i was in college and i had some structure to be reading more um you know it's very like home it, it it's weird because you know as you as you said you know I've been touring for a long time and this is like, I'm, I haven't been grounded like this in like a decade. Um, right. And there are, there's, and it's obviously for a terrible, terrible reason and I can't wait to play live music again, but there are a couple of silver linings about, you know, being home, but I'm getting sick of it, honestly. I'm <laughs> ready to get yeah. back out there. No, I totally get it. I'm sick of it as well. Just being stuck inside all the time. But I mean, it, it's definitely had its pros and cons. Obviously, it's allowed you to kind of take a step back and, you know, whatever. But honestly, getting ready to put out, I feel like I have a lot more bandwidth to put energy into promoting this record. Right. You know, like I'm here on the Saturday morning having this conversation with you. I'm not like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm in the van. Like, I'm very happy exactly. to be doing this interview with sure. you from a van. You know. I completely agree yeah. with that. Um, so yeah, speaking of this year, what are what are some of your goals, musical or not? This year? Yes. This well, year. I would love to play one live show in any contest. That's it. I'm pretty <laughs> I'm pretty confident that I will think, happen. I think so too. And so I just want to set my I would like to play at least one. Okay. Uh, and uh, I would like to <clears throat> begin recording if not finish recording a new real estate record that's sort of like oh around in the ether. that would be nice 
tour kind of got screwed up this past year. Yep. I had tickets and I'll be at the next one. <laughs> but can't wait. I, I'll be there. Good. Oh, well, oh, sweet. <laughs> we should definitely yeah. be there. Yeah, we'll hang. It'll yeah, be fun. <laughs> definitely. I, uh, I would like to uh, have a better regiment flossing than I have now. Mm. That is an intention I've set many times and I've consistently failed at, but yeah. I'm going to keep it as a goal. Um, I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I just have reasonable managed expectations, like surviving, you know, <laughs> just like getting through yeah. and, and keeping, you know, a sort of as positive an attitude I can and uh, just taking it day by day, really. Sweet. Yeah. Um, well, I've only got a couple more for you. Don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, sure. and, okay, so I know that we're in this new year right now, so there may not have been too many incredible releases, but there were a lot of amazing releases last year for artists all over the spectrum. Uh, what were you listening to? What were you into? Um, this is like, I, was, I listened to a ton of music last year, and then I always kind of like seize up when this question gets asked, because I'm like, I don't know. Um, but there was a there's a reissue of uh, an Ethiopian band called Admas. Oh, a all right. A D M A S. Okay. That I really dug, and that was like it's because of the way that music is now. Uh, I don't like it's it's hard for me. I'm like, did that come out this year, or did that come out in 1978, and did it get reissued? <laughs> um, there's a there's an artist called um, Hiroshi Yoshimura. Okay, sounds familiar. Whose record, Green, um, I, I also think it's probably a re-release, came out on Light in the Attic last year, and it's just like a really beautiful kind of new age uh, synth record that I have been listening to a lot. Nice. Um, there's, a, there's a band, there's a new band. I, I will, I will uh, I'm like looking at my Spotify recently played. That's all right. No, plug, <laughs> plug, plug all the smaller yeah. bands. That's yeah. what we're about. That's what I'm going to do right now. There's a band called yeah. Colored, Colored Green out of LA. Okay. Uh, what was it? Colored Green? Colored Green. Colored Green. Okay. And I found uh, their tunes actually just in the last part of uh, 2020. And I've been into their music a lot. And they're, they're, I think they're a pretty new band. They don't have very many releases yet. Okay. Uh, Awesome. Would recommend. 10 out of 10. Well, definitely. Well, now I've got three bands to check out today. Yeah. So my, my Saturday's packed. Nice. Um, all right. Last thing for you. Is there anything that you'd like to tell the fans who might be watching right now? Like any last message that you kind of like to impart on them before the uh, album comes out? I would say that uh, from a, on a solo record standpoint, I love hearing from you and even like, and any band, you know, like, I don't know why I even like uh, separated that. We love hearing from you and we love remembering that you're there and fan interaction right. and fan engagement is potentially my favorite part about being in a band. And I usually have gotten that from being at a live show and like standing in front of people and feeling right. that interactive experience. And I would just say that like, it still feels good to interact on the internet and remember that you are out there. So like reach out, participate with releases and with bands and with music in whatever way you can because the bands that you love are in a weird place right now and are really, I'll speak for myself, I'm really appreciating remembering that there are people out there who care about the music. It's like, it's huge for me. Totally, well, where's the best place that a fan can reach out and say, hey, or kind of congratulate you? Um, 
for, I don't know if this is the case for all bands, but for me, weirdly, I, I don't want to plug Instagram right now, but that is like, because I, I sort of, I hate, I hate Instagram, but it works. It's very direct, you know, like, mm. I, I guess what I'll say is like, don't feel like you're just yelling into the void. Like I do read your comments and stuff. And they mean right. a lot to me when, if you're not, you know, calling me an asshole or something, which it doesn't happen very often. No. <laughs> but it is, it is the internet. So you never know. People call each other assholes yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's totally reasonable. <laughs> all right, Alex, thank you so, so much for your time. Uh, we have this coming out on Wednesday, so Great. make sure to get everything over to you, but everyone else, Heaven on the Fault Line coming out on March 5th stream it pre-order it do whatever you can to listen to it it's going to be awesome sweet thanks so thank much you so, yeah thank you so much again man have a great rest of your day happy to be here take it easy so yeah you too <laughs>